Hearing that on trail is one of my biggest fears when I'm hiking with my dog, Kira. Colorado is so beautiful, but there are a lot of rattlesnakes. I have to be aware of how my dog interacts with wildlife and the environment. Welcome to VetCast, Veterinary Climate Action and Sustainability Talks, the podcast created by veterinary students at Colorado State University focused on the impacts of climate change on animal health. Hello and welcome to VetCast, a podcast about the intersection between veterinary medicine and the environment. I'm Lily Crandall. And I'm Delaney Leffel. We're veterinary students at Colorado State University. We're focusing on emerging issues in veterinary health, and today we want to talk about hiking with dogs and the impact it has on the environment. And how the environment and wildlife can impact your dogs, like you mentioned with the rattlesnakes. Exactly. So, Lily, I absolutely love hiking, and you hike too, right? Yeah, I moved to Colorado from Nashville this past summer in 2020, and I've really tried to get out a lot and see what the area has to offer. And you've been here for about seven years, right? I have. I get out with my dog. Her name is Kira. She's a 10-month-old shepherd mix who just loves to hike. She would go all day if you let her. She is such a cutie. So today we're here to talk about dogs, specifically hiking. So I'm sure you know there are so many wonderful benefits of being outdoors for people. And just the same, those outdoors are also great for our dogs. Actually, our school CSU just did an amazing walking study, and they talked all about all of the benefits of walking your dog, especially during the pandemic. So you have the obvious one, adequate exercise. You know, you get out, you can promote a healthy weight, gain that muscle tone. But in addition, it provides so much positive mental stimulation for them. Seeing the trees, all the animals, and seeing other dogs and humans is great for their socialization as well. So just like humans, that fresh air and sunshine gives your dogs that boost of serotonin and endorphins, all the feel-good hormones in your brain. So scientifically, taking your dogs out physically makes both of you guys happier. And I will link that study in in our information below because it's a great read. I go hiking all the time. Why do you think I've lived in Colorado all my life? (laughs) So I was actually just recently reading another study, uh, Out of the Denver Parks and Recreation, they estimate that the city's dog population right now is at 158,000 across only 99,000 households. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's more dogs than kids. There are more than 70,000 dogs registered in Larimer County, Colorado, which means many thousands enjoy the natural areas with their owners. And that's a big impact on these sites. We have to be aware of and protect our dogs on the trail too. In prairie dog towns, dogs can encounter fleas that carry plague and they could bring it home. Dogs could also surprise a rattlesnake and suffer a fatal bite. It's up to us, as owners, to recreate responsibly with our canine friends. This is why Larimer County, Colorado focuses on education. We interviewed Bella Harris, a naturalist in the area. So my name is Isabella Harris. I'm uh, also a PhD student at CSU in Science and Environmental Communication, and I'm as well a... uh, education specialist focusing on community programs at the city of Fort Collins Natural Areas Department. I say we, as in the rangers, will try to explain how having your dog on a leash or picking up after your dog not only helps the environment, but like helps your own life and helps you enjoy the area better and helps others enjoy the area better. And a lot of times that can help someone sort of form a personal relationship with that sustainability. How about you, Delaney? Tell me about your experiences hiking with Kira. Hiking with my dog is such a wonderful bonding experience. My dog and I are closer after having hiked together, and it's like we're in sync on trail. She's in tune with what I'm doing, and I'm attentive to what she's telling me about what she sees, hears, and smells. 
I actually feel a sense of security having a dog with me when I'm hiking. I love seeing all the photos you post of your family hiking. Though with Kira, do you use leash or is she off leash? That's a great question, Lily. The answer is we do both. There are different regulations for dogs depending on the trail and type of land you choose to recreate on. For example, Colorado State Parks require your dog to be on a six-foot leash. So when I'm hiking in areas with leash requirements, I always have Kira on a leash under my physical control. However, there are trails within national forest boundaries which don't require a physical leash, and so I have my dog under strict voice control. Voice control? What is that? Having your dog under voice control means you are able to tell your dog to do something, such as come here, and the dog will do what you ask 100% of the time. The classic example is, I'm hiking with my family and all of a sudden a rabbit or squirrel darts across the trail. Now, best case scenario, she stays put and quietly watches the critter pass. But in the event that she does start to go after it, I need to be 100% certain that when I say, Kira, come here, having your dog under control is important. It's safer for wildlife, safer for your dog, and safer for the other families who also use outdoor spaces. Oh, for sure. Dogs are perceived as predators by most wildlife, which causes that wildlife for long-term stress. And they can also cause a disruption of those normal wildlife activities, such as bedding, grooming, or feeding. Actually, last year, one of our classmates did an awesome podcast focusing on the impacts of hiking with your dog. It was called Leave It to the Dogs, or Should We? So if you listeners want a little more details on the impacts of hiking on wildlife behavior, you should totally check that one out. It's in last season. And also, hiking with our dogs doesn't just have impacts on wildlife. We also end up changing the habitat itself. That's right. One of the things I love about the Rocky Mountains is hiking above treeline. Anything above 12,000 feet is my jam. And one of the things we notice about hiking at these higher elevations especially are what we call social trails. These are illegitimate trails created by hikers cutting switchbacks or taking shortcuts. What happens is folks go off trail, and once enough people do that, a long-lasting, nearly permanent path pops up where vegetation no longer grows. Mm. A dog is not likely to stay on a marked trail, and that could be incredibly damaging to delicate grasses and vegetation. Alpine grasses living above treeline are especially susceptible to trampling. I was actually just reading an article put forth by the 14ers Initiative, which is a group mostly of volunteers who create and maintain trails in the Rockies. And so here's some things that they have to say about the plant life at higher elevation. So for most of these plants, the growing season is only about six weeks long, and as little as one human footstep sets growth back one to two years each. It also takes about a thousand years above the tree line for one inch of soil to develop into something usable for these delicate plants. So you can just imagine how hard hiking can be on this vegetation, thus the entire ecosystem in these cases. This is why we really encourage our dogs to stay on trail too. Right. Wherever we are on any trail, we also need to be careful of what our dogs leave behind. The sheer amount of poop that can build up over time, it's not, it's not sustainable anymore. Yeah, so I was actually just recently hiking out at Estes Park on the Lily Mountain Trail, one of the few trails out there that allows dogs. And I was actually really surprised. Almost every person I saw with a dog heading back down, they had like their little baggies with them. Most of them had them on leash. If not, their dogs were right there beside them. It was actually a really good experience. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. That is so good to hear. And I'm so glad that you had such a good experience with that. So I also spoke with an interim natural areas director, Zoe Shark, and she had a couple things to say about dog waste. She wanted to make sure uh, we knew that dog waste is not natural. The diets of wild dogs, such as foxes and coyotes, consist of foods naturally found in the habitat. But dogs eat a variety of processed foods with many chemical additives, and these chemicals can harm soil and plants. Dogs are responsible for transmission of diseases to wildlife, including distemper, rabies, parvovirus, and some parasites. And dog waste creates an unclean trail for other users. Dog feces can also transmit muscle cysts, which can infect deer and elk. 
And the environment and wildlife has a big impact on our dogs too. The bigger issue with that is that in Fort Collins, we have a lot of snakes. We have a lot of rattlesnakes. And when people don't have their dog on a leash, the dog is going to run up to a rattlesnake and get bitten. I was talking to my friend who works in the emergency department at the CSU Veterinary Hospital in their ER. And in the hot months, like in July, she sees about one rattlesnake bite per week. Rattlesnake bites are nasty things. It causes the blood to coagulate, and it is so important for dogs to get medical attention right away, which can be really difficult when you're a few miles into a trail. This is one of the main reasons in Colorado it can be important to have your dog on a leash or have robust training. Like Bella said, a lot of areas are closed for dogs. Coyote Ridge, here in Fort Collins, is closed for a high population of rattlesnakes and prairie dogs, which makes it a dangerous trail for our pets. And then some trails, like Fossil Creek Park in Fort Collins, are close to dogs because the Audubon Society has identified them as important breeding grounds for key species. National parks are such important reservoirs for wildlife, which is why they also do not allow pets. There are other safety regulations about dogs swimming in waters due to giardia and algae blooms. One of the episodes this season focuses on these algae blooms, so check out their episode too. It takes some effort, but with the right information, you can go hiking, have fun, and be a responsible dog owner. So let's get into these tips and resources. First of all, when you're hiking with your dog, especially if you have your dog under voice control, ask approaching hikers if it's okay that you pass. They may ask you to put your dog on a leash when you do. And it's also good practice if you're ever unsure to have your dog wait with you patiently on the edge of a trail while other groups or dogs pass you. Know the right of way on the trail. Yield to oncoming groups with dogs and always yield to horses. I like how you really ask the passerby if they want you to leash your pup. Thanks. It's the leash I can do. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay. So protecting your dog from various diseases and protecting wildlife from your dog is also super important. So talk to your veterinarian about getting your dog up to date on vaccines as well as that heartworm flea and tick prevention. You know, here in Colorado, distemper is a big one for hiking outside, but it may be different in your area. So always check with your vet. They'll have all the info you need. That's right. Most importantly, I know we hear this a lot these days, but know before you go. What this means is to research the land you'll be hiking on and know the regulations before you even load up the car. You know, um, as far as dogs on trails, it's it's not always clear to me. So, you know, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to it because I don't have a dog. But I know, you know, friends that do have dogs, it's... Um, you know, they have to they have to pay attention to like, are dogs allowed here? Can the dog be off leash here? All those sorts of things. And it's it seems like it's not always obvious. Sometimes it's tricky to figure it out or something. I don't know. Maybe they know where to look. <laughs> that is so important. It's so frustrating to get on a trail only to see a sign that says, no dogs allowed. So where can we go to find the information on different trails before I actually get to the trailhead? So there are a few excellent resources provided by federal, state, and local organizations to help hikers find the information they need to have the best experience. One resource I rely on quite a bit is the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Forest Service. That's www.fs.usda.gov. And there, you will find information about regulations and management of different types of outdoor spaces. For example, did you know that in wilderness areas, we don't allow wheels? Wheels? Really? Yeah. And there's a lot of other important information about the differences between national forests, wilderness areas, and state and national parks. Another thing I recommend is to download the National Park Service app so that you know where dogs are allowed in national parks. Something I didn't know when I first moved to Colorado is that in Rocky Mountain National Park, for example, dogs are not allowed on trails. And in Colorado, there's one more resource which is fairly new, but it has been an incredible wealth of information, and that's the Colorado Trail Explorer app. 
Cotrex, C-O-T-R-E-X. And there you will find up-to-date information on regulations for dogs, trail closures, and anything you really need to be prepared to hit the trail. Those are really great. I actually just downloaded the Cotrex app based on your suggestion. So yes, go out, download it. It's super, super helpful. And speaking of resources, I've always admired the people in the trail with their perfectly trained dog just trotting around by their side off leash, but I'm not super confident I could train a dog that would be that obedient on my own. So I have used dog trainers in the past, and I would encourage people to take advantage of dog training services in your area. Dog trainers are professionals who know and understand how the mind of a dog operates. Dog trainers have seen hundreds, if not thousands of dogs and they have a lot of good information for you and your dog to get trail ready, either on or off leash. It's definitely worth the investment. I have heard that dog training isn't about training the dog, it's about training the human. So <laughs> it's, it's quite true. So go out there, make use of the knowledge that those dog trainers have to educate yourself as well. Exactly. And as we come to a close, you know what I just love about seeing so many people out and about with their families and dogs? What is that? It truly shows how much of an appreciation people have for the outdoors. Yes. I mean, who doesn't love the outdoors? Folks really do appreciate having these protected outdoor spaces to enjoy. Fort Collins is really special. Our rangers and are super focused on education and the public is engaged in nature. This community is a great example of one that follows the regulations. You can be a great role model for others. And if you're practicing you know, good behavior with your dog in the outdoors and other people more likely to or are likely to as well. You know, if you're picking up after your dog, then other people will probably do the same. The more we get out and connect with the land around us, the more we want to protect it. It's important we continue to protect these spaces as we've been talking about, knowing and following regulations like leash requirements, leaving no trace, and respecting trails and wildlife when recreating with our furry companions. As a dog owner, it's about balance, knowing what you can do to protect your dog and the world you and your dog live in. One thing is for sure, by protecting areas while also making them accessible to families and our dogs, we are encouraging a greater love and appreciation for being outside, which in and of itself is going to protect them. Our world is changing so fast and we really need our communities to come together to protect these nature areas. Our individual actions do add up. As we continue to encourage families and especially our younger generations to get outside and enjoy these protected spaces, then we continue to provide the will and desire to protect them for centuries to come. So the moral of the story is get out there, get your family out there, including your dogs, and enjoy what your state has to offer. I could not have said it better myself. I'm Delaney Leffel, here with Lily Crandall from the Veterinary School at Colorado State University, and you're listening to VetCast, a podcast about the intersection between veterinary medicine and the environment. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you and your dogs out on the trail. Thanks for joining us on VetCast, Veterinary Climate Action and Sustainability Talks, the podcast created by veterinary students at Colorado State University. To find more resources about this topic and details about each episode, check out the show notes. Thanks and see you next time on VetCast.